The people have spoken, and I have listened. We are back. It has been over a month since the NFL draft in Kansas City, and we got a lot of shit to go through. So without further ado, you're in the doghouse. What's up, everybody? It is your boy, D-Roy, and this is the Doghouse Fantasy Football Podcast. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at RoyDog underscore 13, and still going over on the the old Facebook, Dennis M. Roy over there, uh, where you can have direct contact with me on Facebook Messenger, and still going over on TikTok as well, although, you know, China's always listening. RoyDog13 over there. Remember, the dog part is not D-O-G, it is D-A-W-G. Get a hold of me, DM me, however you want to get a hold of me uh, to get on the list for all the great spreadsheets, data, all that jazz, and have it sent to you uh, via the mailing list, the lucrative mailing list that I have. Um, and yeah, that, that kind of is what it is. I hope everybody has had a wonderful May. We are now into June. We are now into the end game as we call it there's less than three months left until most people's drafts uh did get my invite into the scott fishbowl uh on the first of june imagine that it always it takes until june uh before scott realizes that it's not really a tournament unless your boys in it i mean <laughs> you can't have a championship unless you're beating me my friends it ends i mean even friend of the program, Paul Burkholz, knows this. I mean, he beat me by less than a point in the playoffs. It's a tainted championship. Uh, we're still calling collusion on that one. So uh, I just don't know if he can get that league that league trophy. I just don't know. Dave Thompson, please hold on to that one as long as you can uh, because Paul does not deserve it. Any which way, uh, there's a lot of stuff that has gone out. Uh, if you're on the list, you do know that we had the strength of schedule spreadsheet go out. That thing is massive, and that is going to take a podcast all within itself uh, to kind of explain and go through uh, so that everybody can fully understand it. Most people by now know how to read it uh, and make their way through it. Uh, that is a backbone of the DFS spreadsheets that come out during the regular season. Uh, right now, it is kind of just a informational spreadsheet, uh, something that we can take a look at, go through, and decide you know what is going to change based on what the teams did in the NFL draft, um, and you know how the preseason kind of goes. Um, depth charts. I am going back through right now. The NFC North has been gone through with a fine tooth comb. Um, I'm hoping by this upcoming Sunday that I will have all the rest of it done. Um, and I will be able to kind of have that all out um, to everybody and be happy with it. And that's really kind of the most important thing is that the data, uh, any type of information that I'm putting out is correct, um, which is why uh, there there has been some discussion uh, via uh, Twitter, there was some t- chatter about Kyle Pitts, uh, the tight end for the Atlanta Falcons, and then that got into a kind of a discussion of don't talk to me about fantasy pros. Um, <laughs> I had a couple of people go, okay, what's your rant about fantasy pros? They said I would leave it for the podcast, and here's kind of what it is. Um, the simplistic thing that I can say about fantasy pros is this. There's a lot of good people over there uh, that provide a lot of great content, um, not only through podcasts, through video, 
um, and through their own writing. They're, whoever they have that has control over their stats, um, a, which also includes ADP, I've ranted about this in the past. It's been a couple of years. Um, I had an issue with air yards with them last year. Um, and it was something, it was something that was so bad, so bad that should have been caught by somebody higher up, somebody, you know, in a supervisor type position, um, that whoever was taking care of it, whoever's doing the data entry actually should have been fired for it. I would not have fucking stood for it at all. And I have gone off about it. Uh, kind of a little bit behind the scenes, whether or not anybody from Fantasy Pros actually listens to this podcast, I'm going to tell you exactly how this went. So air yards is basically, you know, how far the ball travels um, and is added up. Those yards are added up for each target. So based on the targets, how far the ball is traveled, you add it up. That is your air target yardage. So you take that, what I want to do with that air target yardage, and I'm going to have to go, I'm probably going to have to talk to the people at Fantasy Points, um, FTN, maybe even over at Elite, uh, just to see if they have people who are specifically calculating that data, just so I can have those numbers. Because I like to get them as soon as possible, because you know I like to get the target data sheet out as soon as possible, you know, as early as possible in the week. Um, but I I take that number and I calculate out for a dot, right? So it's the average depth of target. The only way that you can get a dot is by having the number of targets that a that a receiver has had. And you're dividing the total air yards on all the targets. So target yardage divided by targets, that gives you a dot. That's gonna calculate that's gonna basically show you, you know, where the receiver is kind of lining up on the field, you know, where they're gonna get their target main target distribution. And you're trying to look at guys, you know, explosiveness on there is like between like 10 to 15 yards. That's kind of that's kind of like your high end, right? So if you get anything underneath there, you know, if you get like five yards of target, you know, that's somebody that's just out in the flats. Most of that is, you know, running backs will have that. Tight ends will be within five to 10 yards. Um, so you can find a top, a better tier tight end for targets for upside, you know, quote unquote upside. Any tight end that goes over that is 10 yards or over that's something that kind of you know dings a bell in our heads of something to kind of look for and the same goes for wide receivers right so anything over 10 the higher you get on there uh, the more explosive it is now you can't just go okay i'm only going to take these type of wide receivers because some of those are the you know couple targets a game down the field type guys um that really aren't going to be beneficial week in and week out for our teams. So, but what they were doing was, you know, get back to the point, D-Roy, come on, let's play focus. Um, what they were doing was basically taking the total yardage, receiving yardage, and subtracting out yards after the catch, which left you basically yards per reception minus yards after the catch, and they were calling that air yards. What's the problem with that? Okay. You can't divide that number by targets. You can only divide it by reception. So basically it's your yards per reception minus yards after the catch. When you look at the total yardage that's being put out, you know, into the stat sheets for like say ESPN, NFL.com, Stuff like that. So it was not air yards. And basically when I looked at the beginning of the year, it said air yards. So I trusted them yet again. And 
figured out about halfway through the season that they can, that it, this was a complete failure. So you, at one point you should have seen on that target data sheet that I just completely stopped. I completely stopped entering it. And being me, typical me, where I am very, I get very, I don't know, anal about the the stats that I'm putting out because I want to put out the best product possible. Even though nobody is paying for this data, I want it to be 100% foolproof. Nobody can knock what we're doing over here. And nobody can, nobody can say, you know, that I'm handing, I'm handing out bad shit, right? Just like 90% of the whole uh, fantasy football quote-unquote industry out there does. And people can attack me on that one. And I don't care. I'm in the top, I'm in the very, very top 10% of what you can find out in the fantasy football community. I don't get hyped up. There's a reason for that. Um, it's because I decided to keep myself independent, small. I don't go out on a Twitter, go on rants and, and give away information because you're not the one, you're not the one, you're not the one coming to me asking my opinion on shit. So I'm not giving it. I, I'm not going to, I'm not just going to hand this shit out for quote unquote free. There's a lot of people who have come in and grabbed this information and found the podcast. You know, I'll put out the podcast itself and this is probably bad uh, marketing on my, on my end, but I don't give a shit if I'm big or small. I don't work for anybody. Why don't I work for anybody? Because I want to do what I want to do. I'm not going to write up a fucking article on, say, why, why Josh Allen should be the number one quarterback. I'm not going to write up why I believe Aaron Jones is going to be a sleeper this year for fantasy. I'm not going to do that. We talk about this. We talk about this shit enough. You can find the numbers anywhere. Data numbers, you know, st statistical numbers year to year. And I am actually thinking about doing that for the draft guide this year. If I have time, I want to get the, I want to kind of get the numbers in there so you can kind of look at this and so you can kind of look at the players and have an even better base of information of which to work off of on your decisions. I'm not an expert. Never have, never will be. I will never say that about myself. Am I an analyst? Sure. I'm analyzing all this stuff and I'm putting stuff out in the, into the internet, right? Into the world. But I'm not going to compromise myself for anybody. Ever. I'm not going to sit out there and try to collect followers based on anything outside of, say, fantasy football. There's a lot of people that hop on there and they get followers because they want to, they want to boast about uh, anything political, you know, all that type of bullshit. You know, I, look at me, look at me. I'm talking about this shit. There's a lot of people that get followers for that because they just want to rant. They just want to, they just want to sit there and yell, and I'm not going to fucking do that. Why? Why would I waste my time on that? Why would I waste my time trying to create follower trains for more people to follow me? Why, why do I have to gain a follower only to have that follower turn around and go, okay, now you need to follow me? No, I don't. I absolutely don't. Is it anything is it anything that has to do with like I don't like you? No. Absolutely not. But it should never be that fucking easy. I'm never going to have 
10, 20,000 fucking followers. And then, but I'm following, also following 10 to 20,000 people on Twitter. It's not going to happen. I'm not watering down my fucking Twitter feed, which I use for useful information. I'm not going to water that shit down just to make you happy. That's not my job. My job here, my unpaid fucking job, the one that I put 30 to 40 hours a week, including on top of my job that I'm spending 50 to 60 hours at, my job is to put out the best information possible so that people can win their fantasy football leagues in seasonal and win as much money as humanly possible in the daily fantasy world. And that's the more lucrative one. If I do that, if I'm winning people money, it's based off my own information that I am using. Nobody else's bullshit. Outside of maybe air yards, if I have that on there, right? You know, the stuff that I collect off football outsiders, stuff that I collect off uh, pro football focus. You know, the stuff that we have to have, the one where people actually do good work and put that in there so that we, so that I can make stuff that is important, that works. But if I'm doing all this, then that means that I'm also being successful, not only in seasonal, but in daily fantasy. And that means I'm winning my own paycheck for it. So I don't get paid after the Super Bowl until week one of the regular season for this. Which means I take this very, very seriously. And it's unfortunate. It's it's unfortunate for my regular life, right? Because I do have to spend this time. I have free time to do stuff. And I will do what I please with that free time. I am trying to cut down as much time as I spend on this by having this stuff get as automated as humanly possible. So I have time for a personal life which I really want to have. And that kind of goes hand in hand with the whole Twitter thing. I'm not going to spend all my time on Twitter. I'm just not. My personal time is my personal time. I want to spend that how I please. And nobody's going to take take that away from me by telling me that I have to do this. I have to do this a certain way. I don't. Because I can just as easily rip this whole fucking thing down and say, fuck it. And I can subscribe somewhere. And I can probably be really successful successful that way. Just do my bare minimum, you know, work. You know, building the strength schedule, building up the spreadsheet and looking through there, going through it, going through a site, like say Elite. Be over by Renner at Daily Ambush, which I'm sure we're gonna pair up again this year. And I could win. And just give nobody anything. But I chose to share this information out. I chose to share this information out with the people, specifically the ones who had my back when I was within the message boards at Scout Fantasy. These are the ride and dies that I do this for. Anytime I disparage any type of follower, it is probably not them because they're the ones that grew with this. Watch the growth of the program and have stuck by me through everything. 
So if you think I give a shit about anybody else really out there that wants to shit on my product, go fuck yourselves. I don't care. Because I still have the people behind me who have been there since day one. So I'll talk, I'll talk shit about anybody. I'll talk shit about fantasy pros all you want. Do I like a lot of people over fantasy pros? Yes, I do. But like I said, don't go over there for their stats specifically because it is A1 grade fucking horseshit. And you will lose every year you subscribe over there. I will tell you the I will tell you if somebody is right or wrong on something every time. All you have to do is give me the give me the opinion. I'll tell you my opinion. I don't care. I don't agree with everybody. We should not be agreeing with everybody. We should be different. Because we're the ones that look outside the box. When you look outside the box, you can see all the problems that are within that box. You see the echo chambers. When everybody is agreeing on one certain player, you need to step back and you need to think about it. You need to really think about it. Because when you're different, that's when you're going to start winning your GPPs, your tournaments. We don't always have to be 100% different. We just have to be different enough. We have to see the players that are being talked about. Are those 100% guarantees? And nothing's ever 100% guarantee. But how close is it 100% guarantee? Because I would rather be 60% with the community and 40% different with the community. Even in cash. Even in our 50-50s. I don't care. I want the good plays. I want the plays that I know are going to pop off. Am I right every time? No. Last year was a complete travesty. I looked in it, you know... Stuff going on in my personal life. Um, A lot of people know that my mom has been living with me. You know, she went through a rough patch. That's all anybody needs to know. She needed a place. Of course, I'm going to open up my house to her. Because that's what you you need to do. (laughs) That's what I'm supposed to do, right? I made that I made that sacrifice. It suffered. I suffered in this this whole fantasy football thing. I caught a lot of shit for it. You know, and I had the jokes, right? Oh, you live with your mom. Ha 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 ha. ha. You hear it a hundred fucking times. It really gets to you. But I wouldn't change it. Because I did what I had to do. But I promise that trajectory that we've been going on since 2016 when we first started, that trajectory, it's coming back. It's going to be back this year. It's going to be way back this year. And we're going to win a shit ton of fucking money this year. Shit ton. I fucking guarantee it. And if we don't, I'll quit. Because obviously, I don't know what I'm doing. But like I said, I have a belief in myself. I'm in the top, that upper 10% of the fantasy community and they don't know it. They don't know it at all. And you know what? That's okay. That's okay. Because we'll sneak up on them. 
and cut their fucking legs out from underneath them and just laugh and be like, you never saw it coming. So today we are going to focus on the ADP player ADP. We do have five weeks of data in here. Uh, everything's taken from the NFSC. Everything did get expanded today. Today is June 4th, 2023. And I knew it. I knew they were going to expand the rankings in here. Um, I say rankings, but uh, you know what I mean. But they did. They added like another 125, 150 players. It could be more. I'm probably on the low side. Um, but this stuff is important. We track it. I track it every week, every Sunday morning. Um, and this is just, I mean, you can see patterns. You start seeing the patterns, where players are going, and we need to discuss it. It's very integral. I'm hoping maybe every Sunday, maybe every Monday. It's one of those two. I'll probably be on Monday, to be honest with you. I'd like to go through the ADP. Just take a look, just see if there's anything uh, that's kind of odd. You know, we're looking for the oddities, um, good or bad, um, and just kind of having a discussion on it. But today I think we're just going to kind of go through some of the upper rankings. Uh, if you do get the spreadsheets, you can take a look at these at your own free will um, and kind of decide, you know, whether or not you agree with them, right? That's a big thing. We will try and find some sleepers, but we're not in the sleeper territory yet. I have had several sleeper questions off the record. And every time I've turned it down. Because there's no, there's no such thing as a sleeper. You know I don't believe that. Everybody is on these quote-unquote sleepers. Players that nobody's talking about, but like everybody's talking about. So we're going to go through here. We're going to start with the quarterbacks and kind of work through, work through the tight ends and just kind of see. Um, I'll give you the top. I'll give you like the top 20. Uh, we'll go through top 24. So that'll be, you know, QB1, QB2s, RB1, RB2, uh, wide receiver one, wide receiver two, you know, that type of stuff. And then we'll kind of take a look at the lower end rankings and see if there's anybody that nobody's kind of looking at right now. Um, and see if there's anybody that we expect to start see kind of climbing up the ladder. All right. So, like I said, we're going to start with the quarterbacks here and work from one, one through 12. So here's your current QB ones right now, Patrick Mahomes, of Kansas city, Josh Allen, of Buffalo, Jalen hurts of Philadelphia, Joe Burrow of Cincinnati, Lamar Jackson of Baltimore, Trevor Lawrence of Jacksonville, Justin Fields of Chicago, Justin Herbert, Chargers of L.A. Uh, Deshaun Watson is now a QB1 this season uh, for Cleveland. Dak Prescott of Dallas. He actually just started sneaking back up again. Uh, Anthony Richardson, uh, the rookie for Indianapolis. And then you got Tua Tunga Viola bringing up the rear for the QB1s in Miami. So Patrick Mahomes right now is a consensus. He's been a consensus number one for about the last three weeks. Uh, which dropped Josh Allen down to two. Uh, Jalen Hurts has been pretty steady at three. He did start off the current uh, couple of weeks uh, after the draft as the number one, but he's kind of slipped, so he's starting to become a little bit more value. Uh, Joe Burrow uh, has actually, he slipped about half a round. Uh, he slipped from pick 20 overall to pick 27, but still held steady at QB4 where He's been the whole time. Uh, Trevor Lawrence at six. It's okay. I need to take another look at it uh, to see whether or not I'm okay with Justin uh, Trevor Lawrence there. Justin Fields really popped up this season. He was a QB2 last year, like a low-end QB2. Now he's QB he's QB7 overall um, at pick 41. So he's within, you know, he's in the fourth round, which is rather high. Um, and in fact, Justin Herbert is a fourth round quarterback, even though he dropped to eight, he's actually kind of dropped the last three weeks. He, uh, let's see the 21st of May, he was QB five. Now he, 
He went to QB6 last week, and then he was QB8 this week. So he's kind of went on a slide. He's becoming uh, more and more of a value each week now. Uh, Deshaun Watson at QB9. Of course, he wasn't going to be a QB1 last year uh, just based off of the suspension for the whole massage deal and all that. And uh, let's see here. I think that's not too bad of a ranking for him. Um, he's 63rd overall, so he ended up just into the sixth round. Justin Herbert. So your first eight quarterbacks are being taken within the first four rounds right now, which is insane. So I'm expecting those to kind of drop back once we get into July. Um, you'll start seeing that kind of spread out where like Mahomes, Allen, Hertz and maybe Burrow are the only four really within the top four rounds uh, just because you'll start getting more of these, ex- you know, quote unquote experts in there um, into some of these drafts. And that's going to start dropping that stuff back down, uh, especially when you get a lot of the uh, high stakes guys kind of hopping more and more into these. You should start seeing that kind of drop a little bit. Um, cause we usually like to draft our quarterbacks later than, you know, we, we like our seventh round and later quarterbacks, uh, Dak Prescott has been rebounding. He was, he went from 11 to 10 and then he spent, uh, two weeks at 12 and then he's bounced back up to 10. So he might start popping up a little bit more towards Watson and Herbert and fields even, um, once those guys start dropping down, Dak might start rising back up um, in those rankings. So we'll have to keep an eye on that one. Richardson at 11 is is still rather high for me. Um, he did initially the week after the draft. He started out at QB 19 and then popped to 9. 9, th- dropped a little bit to 13 and 11. Now, he's going to be sitting there right at that edge of the QB1 and QB2 throughout this whole process. So we really need to focus on whether or not he's going to be worth it. He does have the rushing capabilities, which is what everybody's drafting him for. But whether or not they're going to actually let him unleash what he can do and let him take those risks as a rookie remains to be seen. Now, you you have Shane Steichen there who worked with Jalen Hurts and was very successful with Jalen Hurts. But that doesn't necessarily mean we can look at Anthony Richardson and go all in. Because Jalen Hurts really, you know, he was a fifth round, he was a, what, a fifth, uh, fourth round quarterback um, when he was drafted. So, of course, he started out at the low end QB2, QB3 discussion because he wasn't the starter. Anthony Richardson is predicted to be the starter right out of the gate, not Gardner Minshew. So, um, He's going he's gonna to stay up a little bit higher, but I still don't know if he's worth that spot. 88th overall, you can make a safe argument, but you'd much rather see him down at, say, the low hundreds where Jared Goff is at QB14 um, than at 88 overall. You'd want him at like two, two rounds lower in a standard 12 league. Uh, 12-man league. Uh, Tua brings up the rear, QB 12 overall. I'm not going to take the shot on him. I'll use him in DFS. I'm probably not going to go ahead and use him in uh, in seasonal, just based on the fact that, uh, yeah, I'm really worried about the concussion thing. That's a real thing to be worried about. That can screw you in the end. You don't want to lose him. If he gets another concussion, I guarantee he's out at least six weeks. No, I'm not I'm not trusting that at all. So we'll get into our QB2s here real quick. We'll just kind of run the list here. So here you go. So QB13, let's mark these, QB13 through QB24. Uh, Kirk Cousins, Minnesota, Jared Goff, Detroit, Geno Smith of Seattle, Aaron Rodgers of the New York Jets, Daniel Jones of the New York Giants, Russell Wilson of Denver, uh, Matthew Stafford, L.A. Rams, Kenny Pickett of Pittsburgh, Derek Carr, New Orleans, Jordan Love of Green Bay, 
Uh, finally, Kyler Murray of Arizona and Bryce Young, the rookie uh, for Carolina. Who am I okay with in the QB2 discussion? Because you know I love to do super flex. The, basically the leagues where you have you can utilize two quarterbacks. Uh, I'm okay with Kirk Cousins. Jared Goff, I'm still okay with, but I do believe that Detroit is going to get more into a rushing attack, so I'm a little leery of it. Uh, Geno Smith, yeah, I mean, because he's, he's got the rushing going on. Um, Aaron Rodgers, nah, I'm not really on it. Daniel Jones, I'm okay. I'm okay with it. Uh, Russell Wilson, I'm actually really, I'm really good with this year. I think he's going to have a bounce back uh, with his new head coach um, this season. Matt Stafford, I'm going to stay away from him. Uh, Kenny Pickett, I'll give him another year. Uh, Derek Carr in New Orleans, push comes to shove. Maybe Jordan Love, I'm, I'm, I'm going to back my, I'm going to back my horse up to that cart. I am on the Jordan Love train. I'm going to stay on it. Can it fail? Yup. It certainly can, but I believe in the kid. I have since before he got drafted in 2020. I was excited for that kid, even before he got drafted by Green Bay. I was more excited when Green Bay got him because that was a kid I really liked. So why would I not back it up? If you see the picture from Kansas City, I had the jersey on. I was there with the jersey on. Love him. Love that kid. Uh, Kyler Murray. At over you know QB overall uh, twenty three, uh, no, I'm not. He's going to be coming back from the knee, uh, and that was a late season knee injury. I'm not going to trust it. If you want to try and trust that with the running with his running ability, hell no, hell no, no, we're not looking at that. Bryce Young, I'm okay taking a shot on there. Um, he's got some you know older weapons, but they're they're decent, and he's got a couple of rookies there too that I kind of like. Um, so I'm okay with it. Uh, let's see here. Anybody interesting in the lower levels? Um, not really. I'm not. I'm not going to trust Purdy. I'll let somebody else die on that one. Um, Sam Howell, I'm okay with, but meh. C.J. Stroud, yeah, I think he should be a QB two for Houston. Uh, he can. You're going to see him running around a hell of a lot, hell of a lot more than he did in college. He's gonna. He is going to be kind of a mini version of Deshaun Watson, in my opinion. Um, you know, it's kind of a week to week type guy. You'd carry three quarterbacks on that type of thing. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, hell no, I'm not touching him. After I heard that news about his foot, uh, they are <laughs> they can waive him at any point in time, and uh, so no, I'm not going to trust that. Uh, Ritter out of Atlanta, no. Mac Jones, no. Trey Lance, nope. Ryan Tannehill of Tennessee probably should be higher, to be completely honest. Probably should be in the low-end QB2. Kyler Murray should not be in the QB2 discussion whatsoever um, in there. Uh, Baker Mayfield, hell no. Uh, then you got Levis McCoy, uh, Colt McCoy, Hendon Hooker. Uh, no. Now, I would keep an eye. I did say in in the Dynasty Rookie Guide that uh, listing that uh, Stetson Bennett, the rookie for the Rams, um, I would definitely take a look at him. Uh, he went in the third round of our rookie draft, so you're probably going to have to get him uh, mid to late third. Um, I was hoping he was going to kind of drop in the fourth. I would have taken a shot on him, but it just didn't happen. So it is what it is. We move on. Uh, running backs. It's not really a ton of big surprises here at the top. Um, so we're going to go through our RB1s. First 12, Christian McCaffrey for San Francisco. Austin Eckler, L.A. Chargers. Bijan Robinson, the rookie for the Atlanta Falcons, or as they are known, the Red Stallions. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, Indianapolis. Saquon Barkley, New York Giants. Josh Jacobs, uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Nick Chubb of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Derrick Henry, Tennessee Titans. Uh, Najee Harris, Pittsburgh Steelers. Tony Pollard, Dallas uh, Cowboys. Uh, we're going to be very careful with him. Okay. I still want to see how he comes back from that knee. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson of New England and then Brees Hall for the New York Jets. I have a lot of questions about what's going on in here. Um, 
we do know that wide receivers are going to be taken rather uh, early this year. We jumped on that trend uh, a, a year earlier last year uh, and had a lot of success with it. Um, but there are still some guys that we're going to have to decide whether or not they're going to be first-round picks. Now, we have discussed this in the past, that just because we discuss it here, just because it's discussed on SiriusXM Radio, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen in your draft. You have to know your draft. What happens in our in my local home league? Running backs go earlier. So that's why we're still probably going to jump on some wide receivers this year. It's just it's it's just the trend of your league. You're not just going to have one league. You're not going to have your home league that you've known. You've seen this pattern year in and year out. It's not going to change. It might fluctuate a little bit where you'll have a couple of guys follow suit with you because they either listen to your podcast or read your read your shit that you put out, right? So they know where to kind of, you know, zig while everybody's zagging. But expect your home league, if it is a running back heavy league, at the beginning stages, expect it to continue. And just decide, are you going to be one of the guys that is going to be different? That's all you got to do. Am I scared? Was I, was I scared that I wasn't going to get a top-tier running back? <laughs> yeah. But that's why we're here. So we can find the guys, find the area where we're like, okay, we're comfortable just running these guys out. I'll just, I'll just run two, and then I'll run all the wide receivers out. Whatever. I'm good with it. Christian McCaffrey, I'm okay with. I don't know if I like him as a number two, but when he is on the field, he was really good for San Francisco. Really, really good. Austin Eckler, I'm not taking him at five overall. I am not taking him that high. He will probably be number two, if not Bijan Robinson. Bijan, I'm more I'm I'll take Bijan Robinson before I take Austin Eckler every fucking day. Every day. Austin Eckler falls to the back end of the first round. Yeah, I'm gonna think about it. But not in the first half. So you got Bijan Robinson, uh the rookie. He is overall pick eight as a as the uh third top running back. I'm fine with it. Yeah, he's got to deal with Tyler Algier stealing some carries. There'll be some stuff for Cordell Patterson. But that offense is built for a running back like B. John Robinson. He is a stud. Paul and I have both met him. That is a man. That is a fucking man. You do not mess with that guy. You do not mess with that guy. He is built. He is built for the NFL. For all the problems that I had with all the wide receivers coming out this year and being in that, you know, being those first round picks, 180 degree difference with B. John Robinson. I am 100% comfortable with that kid. Great kid, by the way. Great kid when you talk to him. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, I'm okay. I'm okay with him at RB4. Uh, Barkley has earned his spot. Um, he will probably be a first round pick, though. Uh, Josh Jacobs at overall pick 20 is incredible value. Uh, Nick Chubb at 21 overall. Probably still, I'd prefer to have Jacobs if I could have him. I'd probably prefer to have, I hate to say it because Nick Chubb is so good. He's such a good running back. But Cleveland just, for whatever reason, Cleveland's messed that up with him. Now, you know, there's no Kareem Hunt re-signed yet, um, but, you know, there's a kid that we like named Jeremy Ford who's there. So I would expect him to be the complimentary back to him, uh, a little bit more change of pace, not necessarily a third down back. So Nick Chubb, you know, he is what it is. You know, he's not going to get a ton, he's not going to get a ton of receptions, but he's going to have production. And it's just going to be, are you comfortable enough to have him there? Because he will be there week in and week out. So back end of the second round, front of the third round, uh, I'll take Nick Chubb. I'll take him. 
I really will. Uh, Derrick Henry has shown signs of breaking down, but if you're telling me I'm going to get him at the end of round two, beginning of round three, I'm fine. I'll take him. I'll take him. He's still he is still Derrick Henry. That offense is still built for him. Um, a lot of this ranking has to do with the offensive line. It is not nearly as good as it has been the last. You know, it's kind of deteriorated the last couple of years. They did get they did draft a couple of kids to potentially start. So we really have to hope that that's going to work out. Now Skaronsky, I'm fine with. He's a good fill in. But they still have issues. So, but Derek, like I said, Derek Henry end of round two, beginning of round three. I think that's perfectly fine. Najee Harris, same thing. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with him. Pollard, I want to see what happens with that knee. Do I like him there? Yes, I do. I really like him there. Stevenson, I'm still going to be a little bit leery. He is popped up, way up from where he was last year. Um, so I'm a little hesitant there. A little hesitant with Brees Hall. Uh, because uh, they did draft uh, rookie Israel <laughs> Abanaconda um, in this year's draft, so he, I and that kid's pretty decent. So I can see him working in. I can see him kind of pushing Michael Carter to third on the depth chart. So we're going to be a little bit careful with Brees Hall, but he is still a stud. I still like that kid a lot. I like him a lot. He was, that kid was ready to go off. You saw him getting ready to go off before he tore that ACL. And that was a fucking shame. Really was. Uh, your Here's your RB2s. So 13 through 24. Uh, Travis Etienne, Jacksonville, Kenneth Walker of Seattle, Jameer Gibbs, uh, the rookie for Detroit, Aaron Jones, Green Bay, Dalvin Cook, Minnesota, J.K. Dobbins, um, Baltimore, Joe Mixon of Cincinnati, Miles Sanders, Carolina, DeAndre Swift, who got traded to Philadelphia uh, and actually should become the starter there, but you know how Philadelphia likes to play. Uh, Cam Akers for the Rams. Damian Pierce still still ranked low, considering the fact of like how good he was doing last year. Come on. Um, uh, Pierce for Houston. If, I don't know if I said Houston. Uh, Javante Williams, uh, third-year guy for Denver, tore ACL, but that was earlier in the year. Um, uh, new head coach Sean Payton said he kind of expects him to be ready to go for the beginning of the year uh, with his ADP. Uh, I'm going to take a shot on him. He is at overall pick 69. Okay. So that's a six-round pick. So we look at, say, Travis Etienne. He's overall pick 35. Walker is at 38. Um, So Etienne's right at the end of the third round. Then you start getting in your fourth rounders with Walker, Gibbs, uh, Aaron Jones. Are you kidding me, Aaron Jones, in the fourth round? Um, Dalvin Cook. Still hasn't not been cut from Minnesota, which is kind of surprising because Madison was supposed to kind of start popping up. Um, but Cook moved up this week uh, from RB22 to RB17. So I'm wondering if there's been some news or if this is just because he has not been cut yet that people are hopping on him. But he's overall picked 51. J.K. Dobbins right behind him at 52. Joe Mixon at 54. Miles Sanders at 56. DeAndre Swift overall at 60. Um, so those are your fifth rounders. So this is this is really there's a nice little zone here in the fourth and fifth rounds on guys that maybe we should be taking a shot on. Like especially like I like Miles Sanders for Carolina. Um, Joe Mixon, uh, we still have to find out what's going on with that with that whole kebab uh, menacing what is it menacing with a gun or whatever. Um, because if he's going to stay down there and there's nothing coming up by the time we draft in August about his court case, he's not going to court. He'll he'll have it ex- extended to the following year. So Joe Mixon should be good to go. Um, but we will make sure to get his back up in Brown but, um, and just handcuff that situation. 
Um, but then you kind of get into these uh, six rounders and Cam Akers, Damian Pierce, and Javante Williams. And then you even have Rashad White, who's just outside of the RB2 car- categories in the sixth round. Um, these are these are guys that we really just wanted to There's a lot of guys in here that I'll take a shot with. I'll take a shot with ETN. Walker's going to be Walker's going to be the top guy. Okay, I know Zach Charbonnet got drafted by Seattle. They always want to have the two running backs here, and Charbonnet is good. But Kenneth Walker showed what he can do. So, little bit different situation than last year, right? Because we had Rashad Penny and Kenneth Walker, and they were kind of like back to back picks, like in the eighth round. This time, you can draft Kenneth Walker as the RB14 and you can get Zach Charbonnet at RB38. You can get his backup for dirt cheap. He's 110 overall. So by the 8th or ninth round, yeah, you take a shot on Zach Charbonnet, you just lock it up. Just lock up the backfield. It's how easy this is. ETN It's probably a little bit more clouded on which guy you want if you want to get uh, um, why do I brain fart on here if you want to take a shot on Tank Bigsby who might get some of the you know goal line work um, for them um, uh, Jermichael Hasty or Jermichael Hasty I think Hasty is probably the guy that you really want they resigned him there was no reason to resign him no reason to sign him, resign him. But they did. They went out and it was a decent contract. So your high, your handcuff is probably Jermichael Hasty, to be honest. So everybody will grab Tank Bigsby late in the draft. You just grab Jermichael Hasty before you pick your defense. Uh Jameer Gibbs, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna take him. Absolutely. They drafted him as high as they did. They drafted him within the first ten picks. You fucking kidding me? They're using that kid. That's your top that's your top guy. That's your bell cow. I don't care what anybody says. This could be what we wanted from DeAndre Swift when he was a rookie. Right here in Jameer Gibbs. Are you gonna grab? Are you gonna grab David Montgomery? Yeah. We are grabbing David Montgomery, but again, pick eighty two. All right. Tell me eight, probably eighth round because he'll be forgotten. Yeah. Yeah, I'm grabbing him. Absolutely. Aaron Jones for Green Bay. Are you kidding me? You're kidding me that he is not up in at least the third round. Aaron Jones. Yeah, get him. You want to handcuff him with Dylan? Sure. Who are you going to always start? Aaron Jones. Thank you. All right. Uh, we went through the Dalvin Cook thing. Um, we'll have to wait and kind of see on that one. That's why Alexander's ADP is still at uh, RB28. Uh, overall pick 78. As soon, if Dalvin Cook truly is going to get cut by Minnesota, you're going to see Madison probably supplant him in that area. Guaranteed that whatever the next session after he gets cut, that's where he'll be. Uh, Dobbins maybe a year off, but I don't know if I'm going to touch this backfield. That was kind of a shit show last year. Uh, Mixon, yes. Uh, at that spot, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a shot on him there. Uh, Miles Sanders, absolutely, he's gonna be the top the top guy in Carolina. Uh, no ifs, ands, or buts. Uh, DeAndre Swift for Philly, I think we can take a shot in the fifth round. I would almost watch DeAndre Swift kind of in your home league draft kind of fall, and then you're gonna see Rashad Penny, who right now is at RB thirty nine and one twelve. Any good news report that anybody hears out of Philadelphia on Rashad Penny and how he's back from the injury, he's going to shoot up, shoot up, shoot up, shoot up, and then you're going to see DeAndre Swift slowly kind of come back, and they're going to go back-to-back. They're going to be right back-to-back. And, yeah, I, I'll I'll draft it back-to-back again, just like I did with the guys in Buffalo, the guys in Seattle. Cam Akers, I'm willing to take a shot on them uh, with the Rams – but, but, you want to pay attention to Zach Evans. That's the kid out of Louisville. Or no, Ole Miss, my bad. Um, 
that kid is going to go undrafted. He's going to go undrafted, and he could actually supplant. He's probably a better running back, actually, than Cam Akers. There were some issues with him. People had a lot of questions. Um, so it kind of just is what it is. Uh, let's see here. We got uh, Damian Pierce all day, every day. Just go ahead and draft him, whatever. I'm going to take a shot on Javante Williams, Williams um, at pick 69 overall. I think that's way too cheap. It's just too cheap. I'll take the shot on him. I will. I believe in the kid. I believe in the talent. That kid is a workaholic. So if there's anybody that can come back from the knee injury, I would take Javante Williams over Brees Hall any day. Um, not saying anything bad about Brees Hall. I just have that much faith in Javante Williams. Um, so, yeah, we kind of look here. Let's kind of look down here. You got Rashad White just finished outside of the RB2s. Uh, Pacheco, I'm staying away from. Fuck him. I, I, I don't, don't even ask me. I'm not dealing with it. I'm not fucking dealing with it. Uh, James Cook out of Buffalo, probably staying away from that one this year. Uh, anything out of Buffalo in that backfield, I'm staying away from. I just don't want to touch it. I'll just draft Josh Allen. Um, you can lie to me all day and say that he's not going to run for any touchdowns. It is what it is. Madison, we're watching. He should actually pop up. So, Madison, if you're doing your best balls and stuff, and he's still carrying that ADP right now, um, wherever you're drafting, I will take him around earlier uh, because I think there's enough built-in value that you can do that uh, and be fat and just be completely fine with it. Uh, James Conner at Arizona. Nope. Sorry. Nope. Staying away from it. I'd staying away from just about everything. Arizona, just about everything. Arizona. I just have no faith in that whatsoever. Uh, David Montgomery handcuff. Yes. Samaje P Ryan as a handcuff. Mm. Yeah, I guess. I mean, he, He's still kind of young, even though he looks older than I do, but it kind of is what it is. A.J. Dillon, yes. Uh, Washington, I don't know why Gibson is ahead of Brian Robinson here, um, but you could do back-to-back on that, but I would probably take Robinson uh, as the later pick. Jamal Williams is okay for New Orleans, but I don't I don't care much for it. Uh, Herbert, I'm kind of staying away from in Chicago. I'd rather go with the rookie Rashawn Johnson. I kind of trust it a little bit more. Uh, Rashawn Johnson was the backup to B. John Robinson in Texas. There's not a lot of wear and tear on his body. And we do know that um, Khalil Herbert tends to get hurt. So I'm going to take a shot on Rashawn Johnson. Uh, I know people are going to ask about Deontay Foreman. Um <sighs> Johnson, I think, is just a lot better back. But I don't hate Foreman as possibly the guy that actually obtains the starting job. And then you see kind of Rashawn kind of fill in or be the immediate backup if he gets hurt. So um, we talked about Zach Charbonnet. I'm okay with it where he's at. Uh, this whole thing with Devon A-Chain for Miami needs to fucking stop. Okay. You still have Raheem Mostert there. You still have Jeff Wilson there. And guess what? So Devon A-Chain is getting drafted at 119. He's the RB40. Raheem Mostert is RB51. Jeff Wilson, RB52 at picks 158 and 162. Um, why? why? Why is this like four rounds later? Devon A-Chain is small. If you are worried about Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson getting hurt, go and take a look at Devon A-Chain. Just go ahead and do it. He's not going to survive any more than those two are. So why would I take a shot on them when I'd rather just have Mostert and Wilson? Sorry. Uh, Kendry Miller right now is a value for New Orleans. I will say that as a rookie. Uh, he is at overall pick 134. Uh, I like him in that spot there. Uh, even more so than grabbing Tyler Algier as Bijan's backup. But, I mean, you're talking 10th round at that point. So, hopefully be the Robinson owner uh, actually kind of grabs him. Um, but if he's not, go ahead and grab him. Because if something happens to Bijan, you got an instant starter. But don't 
make him one of your priority guys. Make him like your RB4, RB5. Um, Tajay Spears should be picked up as the backup for Derrick Henry there. Chase Brown and Mixon, uh, perfectly affordable in there. We talked about Zach Evans. Uh, Jeremy Ford uh, down here. Now, this, these are these are deep, deep picks right now. Jeremy Ford should end up becoming um, the, back, the, the handcuff for one Nicholas Chubb. So I'm good there. Uh, Chuba Hubbard. Ugh, ugh, I'm not believing any report on Chuba Hubbard. Um, Clyde Edwards Alaire, he's kind of fallen by the wayside. Uh, uh, Abaconda, we need to pay attention to him. Uh, pay attention to Sean Tucker in Tampa Bay. I like that kid. They had a whole thing with his whole heart. Um, but it sounds like he's fine. I have no problem with him. Uh, let's see. Anybody else down in here? Nah, nobody that I really want to do. But, I mean, when you get down into the lower levels, though, you can really see how many guys that I had to add this week. Um, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, what are we at? We're at a fucking hour already. Oh, God. You know what? I'm going to save the wide receiver and tight ends for tomorrow, and then we'll have another. I'll have another rant all set up for you on that one. But I just don't want to spend – I don't want to extend this too much longer. Um, so I'll just go through your de- your your top twelve defenses for right now. Uh, what uh, basically everybody's been looking at. Okay, so you have the Forty ers Eagles, Cowboys, Patriots, Bills, Jets, Ravens, Dolphins, Jags, Steelers, Saints, Broncos. I'm okay with the Forty ers I'm okay with the Eagles. Cowboys, not so much. Okay. They did fix, and I'm air quoting fix, uh, their rush defense in the middle. They did get a D-tackle. We're going to hold off on that, okay? Because they still have some issues at linebacker that I'm not really thrilled about. Um, So I can see them still kind of being a sieve. Uh, New England Patriots are okay, uh, not great. I don't think that they should be the fourth highest defense. No. Uh, Bills, I'm still okay with. Um, they'll get Von Miller back. Jets have a good defense. Um, this is all going to be predicated on the offense. Okay. I want to see how this offense kind of is functioning in the preseason. I'm okay with them where they are as, as sixth defense. Um, because they should be good, um, but I do want to. I do want, like I said, I, I kind of want to take a look at the offense. I want to see if Brees Hall is back. If Brees Hall is definitely back, and then they're going to get into more of their ground attack, I think the Jets will be fine. The Jets should totally be fine. In fact, if, if Brees Hall is ready to go, I think that that coincides with the defense, and they should actually be higher than, say, definitely the Patriots and the Cowboys. Those two, I actually should be dropping down a little bit. Uh, Ravens, I'm okay with. Uh, Dolphins, not so much. I don't think they should be that high. Uh, Jaguars, I guess I'm fine with it. I don't think they're great. Um, Steelers, yes. Uh, I'm okay with Steelers there. Uh, Saints, yeah, as a low-end defensive one, I think are, is perfectly fine. Denver is going to be underrated. Um, I think Sean Payton's going to be able to work enough with Russell Wilson in the offense to where they're going to be able to stay on the field, um, give the give the defense a lot of rest, um, and actually force you know opponents to have to play from behind, um, which is going to be good. They should have opportunities for sacks, turnovers, all that type of stuff. So. I'm okay with it. Uh, defenses that are kind of that are in the top six after that. So Commanders, mm, Seahawks, maybe a little bit higher. Chiefs, Chiefs, I think are okay. Um, Browns, maybe. Uh, Chargers, no. Uh, Bengals, 
Yes and no. They should be higher. They should be a little bit higher than a couple other guys in here. Detroit kind of brings up the rear for the next six. Oh, they're actually next seven. So it's okay, but nothing fantastic. But uh, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of our run through. Like I said, I kind of ran it on a little bit too too long, so we didn't get to wide receivers and tight ends. But you know what? We'll deal with that tomorrow. Because there's always time, my friends. There's always times. And I promise, I promise I'm going to get these out a little bit quicker. <sighs> we got to get the information out. Got to get it out. And we got a lot of shit to talk about. So it's June. It's time to get serious with this shit. I am hoping to have the draft guide out by the end of July before I take my trip out west. I will let you know that. Uh, so that should be out a little bit earlier. And then I'll keep you guys updated, as always, every week with current ADPs. Have a good one. And last but certainly not least, go fuck yourselves, fantasy pros.